again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to the latest edition of the More Sports Now podcast, joined by Steve Titchener and John McAlevey, our good friends and uh, partners in MSN. Boys, how you doing? Doing well. How y'all? Hanging in there, Matt. This uh, this quarantine, I haven't really been out of the house much in the last two and a half months or so. I, I actually went for a doctor's appointment the other day and saw what the rest of the world has been putting up with, with masks and temperature checks. And it was a little unnerving, but it's the world we're living in now. And it's just good to to get back and, and talk about the world of sports, which is not as serious as all that else that's going on. And well, what we can talk about in sports, right? Because it's been a very slow opening of society and a slow return to the sporting world. Steve, you're down the shore, of course, often with the Beach House Brewery. How was Memorial Day weekend? It was quiet, actually. Um, the weather was not that good. Yeah, it was so awful. We didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of beach goers, and uh, I was expecting it to be a little busier. We were very busy up to uh, Memorial Day weekend. I guess people preparing for the weekend. A lot of online orders, and again, we don't have the tap room open, but uh, the uh, retail space is open, and we've done a lot of takeout. We've uh, done surprisingly. Uh, well, we shouldn't be surprised because, you know, the, the beer sales are up and online sales are up as well. Uh, so we uh, we've um, we've done pretty well in, in that respect. But, of course, we're down because the tap room's not open and we've lost out on a bunch of parties and such. But but, um, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, people were coming in, uh, not as many online orders. A lot of people just coming in off the street to, you know, grab a four pack or a case or something like that. But uh it was um, it was the weather wasn't great. So it was uh, it was a little quiet. Yeah, the weather was not great. It, it wasn't cold. It was just overcast and just was kind mm-hmm. of nasty. I was down there with my wife traveling about. I found it curious, though, and I agree with you. There weren't as many people as I thought I might see. I thought people would be, oh, my goodness, I can get out and get down. And it's the holiday and things are opening up a little bit and I'll just enjoy it. Maybe the weather held everybody back or maybe there's still some concern among a large part of the population, you know, the extremes, those who want to pull the cover over their heads and hide until there's a vaccine at one end. And then at the other end, those who are like, there's nothing wrong here. I dare you to stop me. Those are the extremes (laughs) in between. I think most people have a reasonable approach to this, but there might be more people concerned than I thought. But what I found interesting is Belmar Boardwalk open, Ocean Grove Boardwalk open, Asbury open, uh, Bradley open. I assume, but I didn't see that Avon was open. I get down to Spring Lake. It's closed. Boardwalk's closed. That town doesn't want anybody in there, does it? Yeah, you know, they've never worried. Spring Lake has never worried about getting the crowd down. Oh, it's Um, not about the crowd. How about about letting people in the state walk along the boardwalk and look at the ocean? I don't care about the crowd. They don't really have a big business section, and there's no business on, on Ocean Avenue there. How about... Matt Lachlan wants to go and walk along the boardwalk. You know, they like their quiet town, and that's always been the case. They like Spring their Lake, own kind, so. let's be honest. Yeah, they don't, don't want random people showing up on the boardwalk in Spring Lake. It, pretty much. I mean, they don't they don't really push it and they don't have a you know, they don't have a business partnership that or the chamber of commerce necessarily. Maybe they do, but they certainly don't push getting getting business from, uh, you know, North Jersey and, and, and New York and such. And so uh, they, they bottom line is they like their quiet town. So it's not surprising that they uh, they closed it and all the other beaches 
open. But again, when it comes to it comes to the beach, it's still got to be a nice beach day. And when there is a nice beach day, people will come down and absolutely go to the beach. And actually, there was a little bit of activity on Sunday. Uh, it was a little bit of a nicer day, so there was a lot of people getting out. But Saturday was was like a, a, you know a ghost town for for a holiday weekend. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was strange seeing it as quiet, even if the weather wasn't that great, you'd still see a lot of people around and it really was, it's really quiet, which was kind of surprising. I can tell you guys that we have gotten phone calls here at the house. Um, my parents own a home down in Bayhead and we were getting calls that were robo calls from the, from the mayor of town telling, you know, folks to, if you're, if this is not your uh, prime residence, stay away. Basically, you know, if you're up wherever you're coming from, don't bring your people back down here because we want to try and keep this close knit town here, you know, as free from whatever what anybody might be bringing down here. So, yeah, we were we used to laugh. We would get the phone call and then we'd say, okay, if we're going to keep our bodies away, we're going to keep our tax money away from there too. Yeah, exactly. Try to keep us away, but Matt, I I think there is something to what you're saying. They they want to keep it you know, close to the vest and keep keep things locked down at least as long as possible. Yeah, exclusive and quiet can be can be terms that mask what really is going on. You're not like us. We don't <laughs> want you. And you can take that as you want, economically, yes. uh, racially, gender-wise, or whatever. Spring Lake prevented parking on the street for uh, a, a period of time recently. Now, they do it overnight because, God forbid, somebody actually had... 15 people staying over their house down there. But again, that's the local community. That's their right. So you can't park on the street uh, for a certain period of time, like 2 to 6, uh, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., something like that. But they allowed no parking on the street for a period of time. What does that tell you? No, we only want our kind here. And we know what kind lives in Spring Lake. Affluent, <laughs> overwhelmingly Caucasian. But that's another story. This is a sports show. <laughs> we can leave that argument uh, for another day. Uh, so with sports coming back, I was pleased that the National Hockey League announced, pleased on the one hand, uh, that they announced that they were going to return to play in some form or another. Uh, unfortunately, I was disappointed, although we knew it was coming because of the rumors that the Devils would be among seven teams not participating in the restart. And I get it. I don't think there's enough time as this has gone on, and there still may not be enough time to get it done in a timely manner, but I don't know that they could have ended the regular season, then started the playoffs, and you know, time just started to run out on the league, and, and you could argue what was the purpose. As the NBA is starting to discuss, what's the purpose of what would essentially be meaningless regular season games for teams that really had little to no chance of making the playoffs? But the Devils just missed the new 24 playoff format, uh, by mere percentage points and had they had one more win they would have been in but i'm happy that at least we're moving forward and we'll see some hockey soon however we define that uh so that was good news uh, and i think we're we're seeing a little bit more of that although baseball can't get out of its own way at this point matt what did you think about going directly to the playoffs i mean i know they, they talked about that for a while i was happy to see that the that the players association voted 29 to 2 in favor of it and whatnot and, you know, someone like me, sort of a novice hockey fan, um, the fact that they scrapped the rest of the regular season, go straight to the playoffs, that seems to be the right way to go, don't you think? Well, I agree. I think that if somehow we were able to start sooner 
like this uh, COVID-19 crisis passed in a short period of time, then yeah. Uh, but 100,000 people have died. Testing is still an issue around the country. Um, I'm not sure about Canada, but certainly testing is, is an issue in the United States in certain communities. And so how do you come back? And essentially, now you've got to tell athletes, and I know they're paid to play and what have you, but now you're going to tell somebody from Detroit or the Devils that these last handful of games, you know, really, again, they wouldn't necessarily mean anything if we had continued because the Devils were far out of a playoff spot. They they only can complain, Devils fans, about being left out because they were close to the cutoff, but the cutoff was expanded by eight teams from the normal 16. So, no, they, they were not close to a playoff spot. So now you're asking people who have, dispersed to other parts of the world to come back, go through the quarantine process, go through the slow return to practice, to play games that in the end really weren't going to matter all that much. And if you weren't going to have fans, there wasn't going to be as much revenue collected uh, for the owners, although all revenue is good and I like getting paid. So I I, I, I kind of get it. I, I kind of get why they decided for all those factors just to let's march to the playoffs. But they wanted to do something a little different and recognize that there were still games to be played and there were some teams on the cusp. And they were able to, a cynic would say, get three important hockey cities in by expanding it. And that would be New York with the Rangers. Uh, they added the Islanders, too, but they were much closer. But the Rangers were pretty far out of it. Montreal and Chicago. And they were able to get those cities involved uh, by expanding to 24. So that would generate a little more interest. So, listen, it's new times. I just said to somebody this morning, I was on uh, a talk show with Gord Stelic and Scott Lachlan on, on Sirius talking hockey. And I said, no, no one can really complain, man. Like we're in a we're in a pandemic. So the rules change. So let's just get on with it. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And. It'll be fun for me, as I said, someone who's not your biggest hockey fan to uh, to get right into the playoff situation. I mean, how um, how long do you think it's going to take the players to uh, to really rev back into uh, to game shape? Hopefully they've been keeping in shape while this has all been going on. I think most of them probably have been keeping up with a regimen of working out, exercising and all. But, you know, to get that that feeling back where you've got a, maybe a little you take a little shot to the jaw and you've got some blood in your teeth and in your and tasting blood again for these guys who have been playing this their whole lives. Do you think it will uh, take them long to get back into the swing of things? Well, not long. I'm sure there's some deconditioning that has taken place. They are pros and most of them will have done whatever workouts they can do. You know, Sweden kept the country open to a degree. And so those players who went back to Sweden, they've been able to skate. So presumably they would have a little bit more of an advantage over the guys who have just been able to do basement or driveway workouts. Uh, so it'll take some time. And look, we've got so many hurdles to cross. As the commissioner said when he announced it, I'm not giving specific dates and anybody who does is just guessing. So we don't know. But, you know, his time frame is by the middle, somewhere in the in the period of middle of July to middle of August, there will be hockey played. So that's still a ways away, but it's it's good that we have some sense of when it might start. And the one place I go with that is with the players. I mean, you know, and hockey players are, you know, they're not high maintenance guys and they're pretty laid back, it seems. And, you know, but still, you know, professional athletes and they're, you know, uh, they, they got the, uh, 
they've got to worry about transmission, frankly. And, you know, this is a contact sport. And I know they have face shields and things like that. They're certainly not going to wear masks and such. And there's there's sweat and there's spit and all this stuff flying all over the place. And and uh, so the, the, that concern is there for them. And, uh, you know, like, for example, I mean, let's take, um, you know, in the PGA, Adam Scott said that he wouldn't play the first seven tournaments because he was concerned about all sorts of uh, the testing wasn't to his uh, as, as thorough as he thought it needed to be and and on and on. So there's, you know, there's these, these athletes and I don't want to be prima donna athletes that they're going to be like, hey, we can't have this. And we're probably seeing that, you know, maybe more so on the on the baseball end. But still, um, there, there has to be some concern, Matt. Uh, with the players on, on, on transmission or maybe not so much if, if everybody's tested and they're, they're going to be fine with that. Is that what you're, is that what you're hearing? Well, so far, that's what we're hearing. I don't know what the situation in golf is, whether the PGA tour, the USGA, the Royal and ancient got together with a group of world renowned players, or maybe even not just only world renowned, you know, the top 10 players, but also others who are out there grinding, uh, to make a living on the various uh, tours and and venues, I don't know if they got together and and said let's let's see how we approach this, or it's kind of like uh, all right, well we think we can open up on June 11th and nobody will be around, and well Tigers played in a in an event and that seemed to work, etc. Uh, what the NHL has done is it's convened a committee called Return to Play, and they have not only members of the Players Association, but current players as well. So when I mean members of the Players Association, the executive board, but they have guys who are going to be out there uh, sweating and in the corner trying to get the puck from an opponent. So they've gotten together and we still have a long way to go, but they have committed, the league has committed to significant testing um, and you know, separating players who have a fever, for instance, or show any symptom. Uh, they also are going to keep the players quarantined for the entire length of time that their team plays. Uh, they are not going to play in front of fans. They are limiting how much personnel any one team can bring uh, to the site. Uh, again, they're going to bring all what they're going to do is separate and have two sites, Western Conference going to one site, Eastern Conference to another. That's where all the games will be played in that city. The players will be quarantined in those hotels. So they're going to do the best they can. And keep in mind that most young people have not been affected by this. There is the concern if I take it home and I have an elderly parent. We understand that. But I think they're going to try to minimize the risks to the degree that you can understanding that until we have a vaccine and maybe even afterward, because people still die from the flu, though we have vaccinations against it, um, uh, that until we get a vaccine, we're going to have the best possible manners in place and procedures in place so that we can limit the impact. But there's bound to be somebody who's concerned about that. There's bound to be somebody who's going to get the disease again. It just seems to be the nature of this virus. Yeah. Hence the fact that maybe the beaches weren't so crowded this weekend like we talked about. Some people, while while they've given the edict that you can go out and some places are open and you can you know, go about as you may, some people are still going to be squirrely and they're not going to want to you know, jump right in right away or go to a restaurant and sit down with other folks. I just, I heard a story. Um, and luckily it, this does not affect younger people, um, more so than it does the elderly and those with underlying conditions. I have a good friend that both 
she and her husband both had it. The husband had to be hospitalized, was in Overlook for um, about a week or so. Thank God they're both doing well. They have two um, boys in their 20s that are still living at home. One is 26 and one is 23. Uh, and the parents, while they were home, they quarantined in place. They never left their rooms. And um, the boys never uh, never came down with anything. And just a couple of days ago, they went to be tested for the antibodies and they both did have the antibodies. So they they had come in contact with it. They had it more asymptomatic. So, you know, for these players that are out there, they get tested and all. Thank God they're in an age range where um, not to say that there won't be free happenings and, and guys will not really suffer badly. But, you know, they're in an age where it doesn't seem to be bothering. Yeah, Johnny, we lost you there at the end, but uh, yeah, it doesn't bother them. You're right. It doesn't seem to affect them. So we'll see what's going on. Baseball is interesting. Steve, what do you think about the mess that's going on there? Is it all about money? Is that what it simply is or well, is it a health scare? Let's face it, Matt. I mean, it, it's the worst relationship between the, the union and a sports league. Can you think of anyone that has a worse relationship than baseball? I mean, the, the, the players union just has a, a, a terrible relationship with the owners. That's, that's just the bottom line. So they always trust each other and they always think they're trying to get over on each other. And so here they are. They ask for, you know, the players, you know, the owners ask for, you know, the 70 percent cut uh, on pay, you know, saying that they're digging a little more than the 50 percent. And the and the, of course, the, uh, the the players are insulted by that. Oh, have we heard this before? Jeez. And this is, you know, during a, an extraordinary time, like a pandemic. So you'd think they would just figure it out. Just, you know, you know, get someone in the middle on it. I don't know. Or, or, or maybe just a little less than 50% cut or whatever, just to, to dig into what the owners are saying is the, the revenue that they're losing on top of everything. But of course, you know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big issue when you knew this was going to happen, didn't we? You knew that the, the, these, these two um, uh, entities were going to fight and it's, it's sure enough what, uh, what's happening. Is there a bad guy here? Well, I mean, it's hard to say because we don't know the we don't know the revenue that the uh, that the we've talked about this numerous times. We don't know the revenue that the uh, the owners are are making exactly. I mean, we don't know their balance sheet, so who knows? You don't know, but yet you know, you know they and they keep bringing up Mike Trout making thirty five million, and oh oh my God, he can't possibly take less than fifty percent of his uh, thirty five million for half the games. He can't possibly take a seventy percent cut. Now he's the extreme because he's the highest paid player. You know, what about the guys that are at minimums? But uh, but still, the, at the end of the day, it's uh, uh, and, the, and they're not asking for as big a cut for, I guess, the guys that are on minimum salaries and such, which is which is understandable. But, uh, to you know, I, I'd like to say both of them because they just can't um, figure it out. But uh, uh, it's hard to it's hard to see a player, these players making that kind of money and can't make a bit of a concession because you can understand from an owner standpoint that they are. I mean, come on, there's no fans in the stands and such. They're taking considerable hit on revenue. You think that the players can, can play along a little bit and take and, you know, at, at least, I don't know, go to 40 or 45 percent. Well, they have salary. agreed. Well, they have agreed to a 50 percent cut back okay. in March. There okay. was an, a sit down and an agreement that the players uh, based on games played would take that prorated hit on their contracts. So. Uh, they didn't agree to a 50% per se. They just said based on a prorated, and it looks like we're trying to get about half the season in. So they have agreed, in essence, to a 50% pay cut. Uh, and now the owners have come back and said, well, 
there's a, there was a line in there that you signed off on that says that indicates, well, if something changes from what we know now, and that is no fans in the stands, then we should renegotiate it and talk about it some more. And the players are saying, no, we said prorated portion. You agreed to it. We'll play for however many games of the regular season are played. And then whatever percentage that is, that's the percentage of our contracts that we'll take. So that's kind of the argument that's going on now. It just depends on which side you believe. And it's very hard, even for someone who's making the minimum, which is under 600000 but over five fifty, which is a salary that the overwhelming majority of Americans will not see in their lifetime as an annual salary. It's kind of hard to feel sorry for them. But I think there's an ulterior motive on the owner's part, and that is a salary cap. And I think the Players Association knows that. Unfortunately, they're going to come yeah. out as the bad guys in this. And and they're sniffing that out. So, but the, when I said this a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about it, I said that this is not the time to fight over this. It's the time to cut a deal and figure it out. So if they prolong this battle during a pandemic, when, you know, 100,000, um, uh, you know, citizens have, have, have died from this, uh, this, this terrible virus. And, you know, there's, there's just a horrible story all around. If baseball can come back, that would, uh, you know, a lot of people would be very excited about that. And it would, uh, it would be something that that's positive, uh, you know, certainly us as, as, you know, as sports fans, but you know, a lot of people are missing baseball in a big way. And so if they're going to fight back and forth on this, it just doesn't look good. And uh, they really should, um, they really should figure it out and figure it out uh, quickly or just say, Hey, listen, we're not going to have a season. I mean, that's it. I mean, and that's the reality. Just, uh, you know, they can turn around and just say, Hey, it doesn't make sense to have a season with all the issues in front of us and the dangers as well. Let's, uh, let's bag it. I mean, there, there's that too. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, the owners are in better position to have a season without games than the players are. Uh, this is, for the most part, the only source of revenue for the players, oh, there are some endorsement deals, et cetera, and they probably have some investments as well, particularly those who are making a lot of money. But in the end, this is their source of income. Owners have other sources of income, so they can probably withstand a shutdown. I think it would be a, a bad thing for the sport, which is struggling to a degree as its fan base ages. Um so to lose a season is probably not a good thing, but at the same time, the owners probably can stand stronger. And, you know, and there's so much, few, there's so many fewer of them than there are players. So they can probably hold fast a little bit more than the players can. But it is not about this year. It is about the future. And the players know it. I don't know that the fans care about that, but that's really what it's about. Uh, Mike Trout's making a ton of money. He does not want to put a limit on it. He doesn't want to be in a position where there's a limit on how much an owner can pay this team, in his case, the Angels, and that will affect what he makes. And the Players Association also knows that once that's in place, it's never coming off. There will never be a time that ownership will agree to remove the salary cap. And so they know that for however long baseball will be around, and hopefully it'll be long after I'm gone. I do love the sport, but it has some issues for sure. But at any rate, um, they know that whatever they agree to now sets a precedent, and that precedent will affect years and years and years and years and decades of players uh, moving forward. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And in the end, you know, they, you know, 
they don't want to lose the season. You know, you, you don't want to go to a list, you know, 10 years from now and look back at the, you know, the, the Stanley Cup uh, champions and you go to a list and then, you know, how you see whatever the years and in the forties, it's, you know, world war two and no, uh, no champion. And uh, you don't want to see in 2020 pandemic there, you know, with no, uh, no champion crowned. I mean, you, you know, you want to have, um, you want to have a season, you want to finish the season. Uh, and, uh, you know, for all the, all the sports leagues, uh, you know, so, um, it's, um, it, but it's quite a challenge as we see, and there's, and there's, these leagues are, you know, and, and kudos to the NHL for getting it done. But did they have issues, Matt, with, with salaries or anything like that? Were they able to, well, there's already out? a salary cap right. in place, so that's not right. an issue and uh-huh. the players already got paid. Uh, they okay. don't get paid. Oh, in so the there playoffs. wasn't anything prorated when they were when they was when no, the they were, was um, no, they were, no, no, they okay. had already been paid. Well, they they had a couple of paychecks, but um, no, uh, basically the players had collected their full salaries. Now, okay. revenue created in one year affects expenditures the next. That's how the cap works. It's based on revenues, and then a, a process by which each team is informed or every team is informed what the top number is and what the floor is uh and that's dependent on the revenue from this year so there'll be a hit because there was no end to the season and a lot of games weren't played but it would be far worse if there was no season at all and no television excuse me television revenue for playoffs etc etc so uh, there's going to be a hit but it will be minimized by coming back so yeah, yep. no, it's it, it is a little different. By the way, apparently we did lose John, so we'll wrap things up here. What I okay. wanted to do though is uh, talk, and we can talk about it next week. Next week, but he's got a podcast, the Quadcast. Yes. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, John suffered a spinal cord injury. Wow, long time ago, is it thirty years ago, somewhere mm-hmm. along that line, and has been living with it ever since. And he decided that he wanted to speak to that population, to those who have. Uh, uh, are in the same boat as he and it's gotten off to a terrific start he's had some great guests and we'll talk a little bit about that next week yeah I mean, I, the connection I is lost doing a doing a terrific job with it and i, I particularly like the, the the first episode that it and uh and uh he's uh, he's excited about it and uh i think it's uh i think it's terrific that he that, they, that he's serving that community and that people can tell their stories so it's uh it's a really nice thing uh a nice uh nice podcast he put together and uh He's doing a terrific job with it. Yep. So uh, check out the Quadcast. Uh, Google that. He's uh, it's on Twitter. I think he said the other day he established a Twitter account for it. Yeah, and he's working on iHeart and Spotify, just like us. You know, our our podcasts are on the, on all those uh, directories. So he's he's working on all that as well. I don't know where he is yet with that because it's very new, but he is um, he's working on all that. Well, we are on those platforms. So if you like what you heard mm-hmm. today, make sure you subscribe and you'll get the More Sports Now podcast each and every week. That'll wrap things up for John McAlevey and Steve Titchener. I'm Matt Lachlan. Looking forward to a stroll on the Spring Lake Boardwalk whenever they'll allow people <laughs> to go on it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.